Welcome to Playing Big, a podcast about what it means to play big in life and in business, and about changing the world with big ideas and big action. I'm your host, Blaine Fyan, Chief Evangelist here at True Footage, and I'd like to welcome each and every one of you to Playing Big. Now, I mentioned in the last episode, and I say it in the intro now, you may have just heard it, that in addition to running my own very busy appraisal company in Michigan, I'm also the head of community culture and coaching, as well as what is called the Chief Evangelist for a company called True Footage, which is a startup in what is often referred to as the prop tech space. Prop tech is just a shortened version of the words property technology. And of course, prop tech refers to any one of the hundreds, maybe thousands at this point, of advancements in technology in the real estate space. So in addition to having some pretty killer tech in development to help appraisers be considerably better at what they do, we're solving some pretty big problems facing the appraisal industry and appraisers. Now, since mentioning it on the last couple shows, I have gotten lots of email and private messages about that title and about that thing. And so I figured what a great opportunity to talk and to teach on the topic. Rarely do I like to just talk about, I like to talk and teach. It seems to have thrown some of our subscribers and listeners since they've never heard of that title or role within a company, which I totally get. If you just Google the term, chief evangelist, you will find all kinds of articles about the role. Some get it right, many don't, in my opinion. But the term evangelist comes from Latin and Greek roots, meaning essentially bringer of good news or one who spreads the good news. So to evangelize something is to believe in it so strongly that you want to help other people see what you see. This is the part that I think most of the articles get right. What they often get wrong, in my opinion, is that they tend to portray the chief evangelist role as something like a like a town crier or a pitch man for the company. Like, here, here, everyone gather around. I'm about to sell you something. The title alone would make anyone think that the, the chief evangelist is going to pitch the company at all costs. Like, you get paid to just evangelize the company no matter what. And friends, that's simply not the case. And what I want to talk about in today's episode is not necessarily my role or that title, but how we're all to some degree, evangelists, or should be. I have had the great fortune to be good friends with a couple other chief evangelists and other successful companies. So I've been able to learn from some that I consider to be the best at what they do. The best evangelists, the best chief evangelists working today evangelize, this is going to be one of the points I talk about, around the problems that need to be solved, not the company or the product. If the product, the service, and the company are awesome, then of course evangelizing about it is easy. However, that's not why I took the role. I took the role because I have been evangelizing about the problems in the appraisal industry for, oh, I don't know, 12 to 15 years of the 21 or so years that I've been running appraisal companies. I see the problems and I see the challenges and I talk about them. We've been trying out new products, new ways to go to market, new ways to address the challenges of the appraisal business and ways to profitably scale my own appraisal business for almost as long as I've been in the business for myself. We find out what works and what doesn't, and then we teach that to others, either through the podcast or through direct training and coaching. I've been a chief evangelist for the real value group of companies for, say, the past 20 years. I just never put that on my business cards because people tend to want to see more conventional titles like chief appraiser or president or certified appraiser to feel comfortable hiring you to appraise their real estate. Nevertheless, 
to clarify for our listeners and faithful subscribers, I didn't join True Footage with a demand to have that particular role, nor was I out looking for yet another thing to get involved in. I accepted the role because I am passionate about the problems and challenges that appraisers specifically face in life and business because I've been one for the last 20 plus years. I'm passionate about solving problems for the humans facing those challenges. I am an evangelist for the solutions to those problems and challenges and always have been, which is what this podcast has always been about. Go back and listen to the last 20, 30, 40 episodes, the last five seasons even, and see if you don't realize that I have been evangelizing around the problems and challenges that we face on a daily basis and then trying to offer some kind of solution or at least a perspective on how to address those challenges, whether it be through business or mindset or belief systems or profit and loss statements or the profit first system, whatever it is I'm teaching. So no, I accepted a role with True Footage because I am passionate about helping human beings and I am passionate about having the greatest impact on the greatest number of human beings I can with the time I have left, which might only be a day, might be a week, a month, hopefully another 50 plus years. I am passionate about addressing and solving some of the biggest challenges in the appraisal and appraiser industry. And I just happened to cross paths with another CEO who sees the exact same challenges that I do. He gets it like no other CEO of any other growth company, any other startup, or anybody else out there trying to solve problems for appraisers. This I can assure you. So after spending several months talking to this person to see if we uh, truly shared a vision, the decision was made, and here I am. I am simply expanding the number of people that I can have a positive impact on with my evangelism around the problems and not necessarily the product. Now, do we think our solutions solve every problem for every appraiser and every appraisal company? No, of course not. Do I think we're the right company for every appraiser? No, of course not. Just as every appraiser is not right for true footage. However, that doesn't change the problems and challenges that almost every appraiser and appraisal company faces daily, which is, which is what we evangelize around. It's what this podcast is about. It's what I'm encouraging all of you to become. The reality is that this company is not the right solution for every appraiser, and I have no problem saying it, just as my appraisal company is not right for every client and vice versa. We've been saying that all along. Every appraisal order is not for you. You're not for every appraisal order. Every client is not for you. You're not for every appraisal client. That's why we have encouraged over the years to figure out who your ideal avatar, your ideal client avatar is, so that you know who to, who to attract work from and who you can turn down. Until you do that, you just never know. No, true footage is not for everybody. Real value group is not for everybody. Blaine is not for everybody. And everybody's not for Blaine. You have to first see the issues and challenges facing appraisers before you'll ever be able to look at potential solutions and see them as valuable for you. And not everybody's willing to see those issues and challenges. There are a lot of people who don't think they have any issues or challenges. No, you have to want something bigger and better than you have now. Not everyone does. You have to be a good communicator and you have to like people. Not everyone does. You have to want to make more per hour and in less time than you do now. Most people don't know what their dollars per hour are. So how would you know if something's a good opportunity? You have to be motivated to grow and scale. Not everybody does, and that's okay. But it doesn't change the fact that all of those things are issues, problems, and challenges, and that's what a real evangelist speaks about. The problems, not the product. 
Now, why do I encourage everyone to become an evangelist for their own company? Well, the better question, in my opinion, is why wouldn't you? If you understand what it means to bring the good news and you truly believe it, why not let everybody know that you have a solid understanding of what the problems and challenges are and that you're doing something about it? So the first rule is to evangelize the problem, not the product. You are not the product. Your company is not the product. Evangelize around the problems and the challenges. Everybody understands those. Don't try to sell yourself. So as an appraiser, a realtor, a lender, or whatever you're passionately doing in the marketplace, don't talk about yourself and what all the, the things, all the stuff you're doing. Talk about the issues and the challenges of your clients and customers. Empathize with their hopes, their dreams, their fears and aspirations, and talk about those things. Add some value with your knowledge in areas that might speak to those needs. But don't talk about yourself. Let people want to learn more about you because of the problems you're solving for them. People are smart. They get it when they hear it and they see it. They get it. If you're an appraiser trying to build your business, start setting up office talks at real estate and lender offices and speak to the issues facing them with regard to the appraisal process. But Blaine, they're not my client. Right? They're not. Although sometimes they are. And when you win them over by speaking to their issues and challenges, they pull you into lender relationships. They pull you into lots of private deals, lots of private appraisals. You're not interested in those? Great. But you're interested in lending deals? Perfect. Lenders prospect real estate agents every single day. It's not the other way around. If the lender can land good producing real estate agents, they have a steady stream of business. So what are they doing? They're prospecting real estate agents. That's who controls the business, the real estate agents. If you can address their issues and challenges and win them over as the go-to authority in your market and your field, they will pull you into relationships. They will say, why aren't you using Blaine on your appraisals? And the lender will have to say, um, 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 I don't know. He's not on our panel. And the realtor will say, well, if you want our business, add them to your panel. That's the way it works, folks. Bring them in as your partners, almost as if you're speaking to and educating your own staff. You are partners with them. Bring the good news, it's evangelism, and add value and see what happens. When you evangelize about the problems and not your product, people sense that you're genuine and you're passionate about solving those problems. And then you don't have to sell yourself because they get it. Remember, people are smart. Now, the next rule of being a good evangelist. Well, this is a good rule, I think, in life. Be intentional about it. As I'm thinking about this next one, it just hit me that the this is, I've been using this word for probably 30 plus years now because my one of my primary teachers used to say it all the time to us. Be intentional. Move with intention. Don't shuffle your feet. Move like you're going somewhere because you better be going somewhere. Move with intention. Live with intention. So the next rule of being an evangelist is be intentional about it. Many of you are already doing this without even knowing it. But once you realize that you've been evangelizing around solving certain problems and challenges, now your charge is to become very intentional about doing it and doing it consistently. We've talked all the time, many, many times about core values and mission in past episodes. And I've said many, many times that to make your core values or your mission a real thing, and have people actually have a lived experience around your values and your mission, you have to be intentionally, there's that word, intentionally preaching on them all the time. 
You have to get so damn good at speaking about them with real emotion and passion that they just come out of you naturally and it becomes infectious to those around you. They want a little of what you've got. And the best way to get on the same high as you is to first be around you. Second is to start speaking the way you speak about those things. Other people want to be around people who make them feel good and lift them up. It's called attraction. You become attractive and magnetic. People really want to be around other people who have the ability to get them to see and feel in ways they haven't been able to before. And when you're intentional about your mission, your values, and the problems and challenges you see that you are tackling, others will naturally follow. You become a beacon, which we'll talk about in the next one, which is the third rule of evangelism in your market space. And it is to build community. If you are not building community, i.e. bringing people together around the solving of these big problems and challenges, then you are playing small, my friend. I have to remind myself sometimes, by the way, and in turn remind you that I am not always speaking to everybody. You might be listening, but I might, might not necessarily be speaking to you. I am speaking to those of you who want to grow, to scale, to be better tomorrow than you are today, and to keep up and hopefully outpace the evolution and change that is happening in every industry, most definitely in the appraisal industry. If you are hearing this and thinking, yeah, Blaine, you know, I'm good with my five or 10 orders per week. I'm good working out of my back bedroom and making a decent living. I'm good with where I am and where I'm going, then I may not necessarily be speaking directly to you. I'm not here to pat everybody on the back for mediocrity. There is absolutely nothing wrong with any of those things. Understand, it's just that I am typically speaking to those who are not necessarily happy with the status quo. And I would call that status quo. I'm speaking to those who want a real business, not just a decently paying job, which by the way is the bulk of appraisers, unfortunately. I had to learn this early on. And if you don't know the difference between a business and a job, I will explain it to you in the simplest terms. If you go on vacation and your income stops, you don't have a business, you have a job. In the, in the appraisal business, if you work for a company and they pay you to take a vacation, well, you could say you take a vacation and you still get paid. So is that a business? No, that's your, your employer's paying for your vacation. But those of you in business for yourselves, so to speak, that's the language we usually use. You, you think you're an entrepreneur. You say, I started an appraisal business, which to some degree is true. Loosely, loosely. It's called equivocation on the term business. So essentially, if you go on vacation and your income stops, I would say you don't really have a business. You might still call it an appraisal business. You go, Blaine, I have a business license. I have an LLC. Okay, fine. Somebody recognizes you as a business, a limited liability corporation, but it's not really a business. It's just a job. If you get sick and you can't do what you normally do each day to earn income and your income stops, you, my friends, don't have a business. You have a job. And if all of your income comes from the trading of your hours and your life energy each day, you don't have a business. You have a job. That's not to say you don't or can't love your job. It doesn't mean you don't make good money. It doesn't mean you don't have a good life. It just means we need to stop referring to your income machine as a real business. If you keep calling it a business, you will tend to believe that you have something that you don't, which is the freedom to go where you want, when you want, with whomever you want, in whatever fashion you choose, and still earn income. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, go back, I think, last season, maybe the season before, and we talked about all the different levels of income, independence. If you want to take your job into business territory, you've got to be able to create a structure that allows you some more freedom 
than what most appraisers have. When they stop working, the income tends to stop. It's why so many appraisers pat themselves on the back for working from sunup to sundown. Uh, put in an 18-hour day. Great. You made $23 an hour when you factor in your 80-hour work weeks. Stop it. When you stop working, the income stops, unless you have a business. If you have a true business, it's systematized. You've created a production line. You've employed other people and given them a lifestyle and opportunity. Typically, then you can go on vacation. And if you go on vacation, the income doesn't, the money doesn't stop. That is a sure sign that when you stop working, if your income stops, that you are trading your time for dollars. And we must try to move away from that as quickly as possible, my friends. Be offended if you want. My intention is not to offend. Although sometimes to get people to wake up, you have to polarize. And I'm okay with that. You don't like hearing it from me? Fine. No big deal. My life will not stop. If you are trading your time for dollars, I've been talking about this for years, we have to try to move away from that. One of the ways to do that is to build a movement, build a community, build a movement that other people want to be part of. To build a movement, you've got to build community first. And to build community, you've got to become a beacon of light. For otherwise independent people, who, who is that? Do we know any of those? Yeah, it's the whole appraisal industry. Independent people out on a lonely island. And so if you can become a beacon of light for otherwise independent people to move toward and eventually gather around, you are doing something. As my great friend Ethan Butte, chief evangelist at BombBomb says, be open, be available, be of service. Magical things happen when you start to build a community and eventually a movement. You attract people to you who might otherwise not cross your path. With more people flocking toward you, you start to meet people you can help. And those who might be able to help you. Be open, be available, be of service, and watch what happens. Being a good evangelist is recognizing that you have something to offer in the way of added value around the problems and challenges in your industry and then building community around it. That's the third rule. The fourth rule for being an evangelist is to have a teachable point of view, a teachable point of view, or what we call a TPOV. I learned this one from one of the greatest evangelists I've ever had the good fortune to learn from. I've talked about him many times, Mr. Toyota, my dear sensei, he passed away in 2001. As one of my first great leadership teachers, and probably the best I've ever had thus far, and I've had some great ones, he taught me early on that I did not have to be smarter, better, or more advanced than the people that I might find myself speaking to or leading in a class on any particular evening, because I was teaching big classes at an international headquarters dojo, and I was, in many cases, lower rank than many of the students on the mat on any given evening. I was a first-degree black belt, and there would be fourth, fifth, and sixth-degree black belts, people with 20, 30, 40 years of experience on the mat coming to, to my classes. And I, would, I was nervous. I said, what am I supposed to teach these people? He said, you just have to have an opinion about something, a point of view, and then you have to be able to teach articulately, eloquently around that opinion. And he called it, this was the first time I had heard it, having a teachable point of view. Be clear about your point of view and then develop some kind of value add or curriculum around that point of view that might help others grow. You might give them new perspective and you might help them be better as a result. And if you do it with humility, then nobody thinks you're trying to act bigger or better than you are. You're just sharing your teachable point of view. Now, if you've been doing this already, which I suspect many of you have, then you've been evangelizing without even knowing it. You're essentially the chief evangelist in your company. 
Now, the last rule for this episode on being a good or maybe even a better evangelist, because again, many of you already are, you just don't know it, is to learn to sell without selling. If you've ever heard of Guy Kawasaki, he was one of the first and only chief evangelists at Apple. He says that evangelism is the purest form of selling. When you talk about the problems and challenges, when you evangelize around the problems instead of yourself or your product, the selling happens naturally. People naturally want to be around others who are not trying to pitch them on something or sell them something they don't need. For appraisers, it's difficult to sell an appraisal anyway, since it typically needs to be ordered by a lender or an AMC if you're doing lender work. However, an area I see appraisers selling in all the time is trying to sell themselves as the best choice for work. I'm the best because of this or because of that. We give the most accurate valuations because we're better, we're smarter, we're more tuned in, we blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't work. At least not at scale. You can only scream in a noisy market that you're the best for so long before you lose your voice. Stop screaming and just become the go-to authority because you address the problems and challenges in your industry or market and you appear to know them the best. Evangelize around the problems and not your product. People will flock to you. The perception will be naturally that you're the best at what you do when you evangelize on the problems and not the product. People will line up at your door to do business with you. That's essentially how we built the Real Value Group as the premier appraisal company in our area. I was out in some kind of office somewhere every single week giving talks and teaching classes and never once mentioned my company. I didn't have to. Of course, there, there would be somebody introducing me and saying where I was from. Oh, we've got Blaine Fine from the Real Value Group, real you know appraisal company, but I never pitched Real, real Value Group. And in fact, quite often at the end, as if I was an idiot, the host would usually say, hey, you know, Blaine, you haven't said anything about your company. Where can people find you? You'll hear that all the time on podcasts and things like that too. And I would say, oh, you know, people know me or they can, they can Google our company or whatever. I don't carry business cards for that reason. Maybe twice in my career over the last 20 years, I used to, I brought business cards early on and I would lay them on the tables when I would speak at a real estate office and we would get some business from it. But then I felt cheesy doing it. I felt that like it was, it was taking away from my talk. Like I was only there to hawk my product, me. So I decided from that day on, I'm never carrying business cards again. If somebody wants me if somebody wants to do business with me, they will go through the trouble of trying to find me or track me down. And people would come up to me afterwards when I stopped carrying cards and they would ask for my card and I would say, I'm so sorry, I don't carry business cards. You can find us on our website, you can do a Google search, or you can just ask the host who brought us here today. But I am just here to teach, add value for you, and solve problems. So again, naturally, if they wanted to do business, they always found us one way or another. Always. I don't take my advice. I am not advising you not to carry business cards, by the way. I am advising you to adopt a mindset of not needing something in order to get more of it than you can handle. One of my other teachers, the great Pat McNamara, 20 plus year veteran of Delta Force, the elite military counter-terror unit, always says this phrase, and I've memorized it. The probability of achieving the outcome you desire will increase once you let go of the need to have it. The probability of achieving the outcome you desire will increase once you let go of the need to have it. Let me say it again. The probability of achieving the outcome you desire will increase. It will go up exponentially once you don't need it, 
once you let go of the need to have it. Of course, he's not the first to say it. It's been said by sages, masters, stoics, teachers throughout history, Zen masters. Let go of the need. We, we, we would call it the attachment in the Zen community. Let go of attachment. Let go of the need to have something and the likelihood that you'll achieve it or experience it grows exponentially. It's the need, the needing something that creates suffering. I don't care if it's a relationship, a man, a woman, a car, a goal, or anything else. Let go of the need to have it and things arrive as they should. I always go into those talks and classes not wanting anything but to educate, to add value, and to be of service to the people who have come to see me. In a sense, put on a good show. Give them something. Make them think. When they leave, they go, you know, that was really good. He really made me think. Or he answered all all of our questions. He answered questions we didn't even know we had. That's what you want people to say. Now, the natural result and the outcome was, of course, more business than we can handle, even today. We've been doing this now 12, 15 years. But it allows us to pick and choose our clients, the highest fees, the best talent, and the best work. It was the natural end result of not trying to sell, of evangelizing around the problems, not around the product. I never had to say I'm the best. I let other people say it for us in the market. Evangelize the problems and the challenges, my friend, not the product or service. Be intentional about it. Build a community around it and around the problems and challenges you're addressing. Have a teachable point of view, for goodness sakes, please. Many of you have opinions. You get paid to give opinions and you think your opinions matter. It's not opinions the world needs. It's having a teachable point of view, which is different. And finally, don't sell. Give up the need to have something and your odds go up greatly that you'll have it anyway. The probabilities change when you don't need it. If you want to be ahead of the curve of the growth and the change that's occurring in the industry, my suggestion is to become an evangelist around some of the big challenges and problems and then find solutions. The world is going to look very, very different in the next two to five years in almost every area of life business, and industry. And the best way to survive and thrive, in my opinion, is going to be to get out in front of it. Be a leader. Be vocal in a positive way. Not a complaining way. In a positive way. Be a beacon for others to move toward and follow. Build a community of like-minded people and be intentional about it. Now, if that's not something you have the energy to do, I understand. I would say very few do. That's why I'm speaking to a very select group of people with this episode. So if it's not something you have the energy to do, I highly recommend becoming part of a community of people doing just that. Follow somebody else who is the beacon. Get on board because there is strength in numbers, my friends. And strength in numbers is going to be the theme over the next couple years, at least in the appraisal business. You see what's happening in the real estate business with teams. If you haven't, we'll look around. It's a big deal. Why? Because there's strength in numbers. And there's going to be strength in numbers in the appraisal industry. It's okay not to be the one leading the charge in some area. Sometimes the best place to be is on board with others doing just that, leading. But then be a supporting member of those making positive changes and dealing with the problems and the challenges. I support you, my friends, in whatever path you choose, as long as it's a positive one for you and for others. Until next week, my friends, I'm out. <laughs>